welcome to a gem of a secret podcast. My name is Donna Telling My Secrets, but you can just call me Donna. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday Unchanged. Unchanged. How you doing tonight, Coco? <laughs> um, actually, I'm doing a lot better. Um, I'm home from work sick today, and um, I got to get a lot of rest, um, which was good. Yeah. Um, and so it actually prompted some really great dialogues between Donna and I about lots of different subjects today. So yeah. this is kind of cool. We talked about relationships. We talked about Health cherishing our time. Love and birds and the bees. <laughs> but we also talked about the Oscars. Yeah. Well, which we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Uh, but Donna, what are you wearing uh, this evening? I'm actually dressed up as a tennis ball right now. Oh, God, like Beyonce's Be Alive. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. That was a, oh, man. Oh, my gosh, it was so good. So good. We will talk about it more. Yes. But, yes. Um, <laughs> that's funny, because I'm dressed up like a racket. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we totally did so not plan this. The headpiece, mm-hmm. that I'm, it, that's that's why it's shaped like, it's not a light bulb, it's a it's a racket. Got it. Yeah, Got it. And, and then I'm just wearing a tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I lo- loves it. Yeah, and I have um, some bedazzled jewels on my hands. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I have Wilson be- bedazzled in such the front. <laughs> Does Wilson make tennis balls too? I, have, d- I yeah, know that they I, make volleyballs, right? They do because make that's volleyballs. That's the castaway thing is that Wilson is the volleyball head. Yeah, I think they make tennis balls. I think they do too. Yeah, um, but it's backwards because I looked at the mirror while I was doing it, and I did it. <laughs> the wrong way no wonder it says Nassawal <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so um, as of the release of this episode and actually since we do release these in the morning mm-hmm. um, please everybody come hang out with us at the Sober Social happening today at uh, it starts at 6 o'clock p.m. you get to come meet us Donna and Coco Jim Holiday and get to talk to us about our podcast and get to hang out with us in a completely sober environment. Yes. Uh, a little bit more about what that's going to look like for those of you who are nervous. Um, they actually are going to have all of the liquor um, behind. Um, it's going to be like hidden away to a degree. Like they have this whole thing planned. Yes. They have a full mocktail menu, actually. And we're really excited about some of these. Um, the bartender, Rin has come up with a really fun menu um, of mocktails for this occasion, which we're super excited about. Yeah. I'm excited because this will be the first time I've been on a stage in about nine months. I did the drag me to the beach, and that was a beach, so I'm not counting it as a stage. Yeah. Because that was a beach with a lot of (laughs) nude people. Naked people. Yeah, it was fun. Um, But it's been, yeah, like nine months since I've been on a stage performing, so... Yeah, actually, let's talk about that a little bit more after I read off this mocktail menu. Mm-hmm. So we have the Frida, um, which is uh, lemonade and rose petals and a couple of different other things. Ooh. We have the Willow, caught a vibe, which is butterfly. Caught a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> butterfly blue PT lemon and Sprite. The Jolene, it says your smile is like a breath of spring. And actually, I'm not going to tell you the ingredients. You should actually come and just find out what they are. Yeah, come and, and then... find it out. I mean, and that's also if you're hearing this episode prior to the event. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is on Thursday, so. Today. Yes, <laughs> today. So, yeah, come out to that. And then, like, it does, and the, the drag show later is also fully sober. So, I want to ask Donna, so how are you feeling 
about going back onto traditional nightlife stages for this one-time event? I'm anxious a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's It's been a while. I'm happy that it's happening in a sober setting because that's my only stipulation, really, to performing. And this doesn't mean that I'm going to be back performing, by the way. Um, I'm not going to be, like, going out to shows regularly or anything. This is just kind of a a one-time event to kind of promote this live version of our podcast that is coming up and to perform in a sober environment. And I'm, I'm nervous and excited in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm excited to be uh, showing myself in a more artistic and I feel more true form of who I am as an entertainer. Um, rather than the step and repeat drag that I was doing before I took my break, where it was like I didn't really have time to time to conceptualize a look and put something together. I've actually spent a lot of time crafting something for this look, and uh, I'm also just presenting myself a little bit more androgynously. I'm not wearing hip pads, I'm not wearing a breastplate, and I'm just doing something that is a bit different, but also that I feel like is more in line with who I am as an artist and entertainer. Um, Donna was wearing pleasers around the house. I was, yeah. I am trying to break into them and just make sure that I don't fall while I'm performing because I, I have not worn pleasers in a while. Yeah. So what has been your most exciting part about getting back into the creative process? Um, honestly, just picking my mind and, and trying to come up with something just kind of on a whim. Um, I crafted something that I think is really fitting for the show and also it uh it's also very symbolic of how I lived my last decade I let's just say I I wore my vices on my head <laughs> they were on my mind a lot they were my like dark coping mechanisms and I'm I crafted something to kind of represent that that's actually kind of cool yeah um I've actually seen it and I think it looks really amazing um I will also be in attendance um I am kind of taking a little bit, um, uh, I'm after some things that happened today, I don't, um, well, sorry, at the time of filming this, that I don't know if I'll actually be in drag later to see you listeners. I don't know yet. I have yeah. to see how my health kind of pans out over the mm -hmm. next couple of days of the, you know, as of the time of recording this. Mm -hmm. But um, we're really excited to talk to you about this. And then yeah. also talk to Donna about this creative thing that she's going to be presenting because we're really excited about that. Yeah. And um, at the event, like, we are both okay with she, her pronouns, of course, because it's in a queer space. Everybody says she, her. So don't yeah. feel like you're offended. You're offending us if you say she, her, even if we're out of, you know, full presentation in a moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it's fine. My pronouns are he, she, they, any and all. Yeah. You could call me he, you could call me she, you could call me Regis and Kathy Lee, as RuPaul would say. Oh, for the love <laughs> of what? I don't... How... Okay. <laughs> it's just another RuPaulism, you know, one of those old she, she, ones. She, she actually does have some really good RuPaulisms <laughs> and things like that. I just... If anything is... I, the reason I think I keep talking about it, too, which I, I haven't explained why my side of this like in the sense of like i'm not sober right now even though i know sense it's coming with my health um, <laughs> but um the reason that i think this was really impactful is that when i worked at local lounge mm -hmm. we tried to do this yeah and it didn't go well even though people were i was on the microphone like days before it mm -hmm. and um 
I it promoted it and there were a bunch of people who were super excited and like none of those people actually really showed up for it mm. and that really kind of sucked and so um, we're like trying it again and um, I'm actually seeing positive comments on like those paid uh, paid advertisements of people wanting to come out and like be a part of this because we're actually marketing it as a queer sober night I think that's where we messed up a little bit yeah um, like because queer people have obviously queer people have plenty of places to go to that are sober but to be in queer nightlife and be sober that is kind of a interesting yeah. dynamic so it's like because you can talk to somebody and like hold hands and make out and kiss and you know maybe meet someone i also kind of disagree i don't think queer people have a lot of places to be sober honestly i think i think that alcohol and drug use is pretty ingrained in our culture in a lot of ways so having an event like this is a really cool opportunity for people who are in nightlife and who are either getting sober or have been sober to socialize right well and and, and actually let me let me caveat it what i meant was in nightlife there isn't but oh, like yeah. in other spaces like you know like coffee shops and blah 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 but thinking about lots of queer people in one space yeah. at night yeah. to where you could bring your grinder date bring your tinder date you know yeah. like this is the this is the space that where if you wanted to meet them and like kind of socialize maybe bring some friends mm -hmm. this would be a perfect space for that yeah like which i'm really excited about you know to where you know you'll feel because like that's the thing about the coffee shop like if it's not super queer friendly like you might not want to hold hands you might not want to kiss but yeah. this will be the event that you could do both of those things and whatever and then also of course it's a drug-free zone of course yeah. um at queen's head they really do push that narrative there so that's like this is just going to be a really um great thing i think and honestly i don't think it's going to flop i think you should all come out and even if you do drink maybe come out to meet some people that you've never met before yeah which exactly. is also cool exactly so, yeah um so um actually we're gonna do this now so we can talk about the oscars donna how yeah. are you doing this evening Coco, I will let you know after this brief break. Drag Danger Zone is a monthly showcase featuring new and established performers every month, every fourth Thursday at Mississippi Pizza, located at 3552 North Mississippi Avenue. This fun cabaret variety show is hosted by Marla Darling, Valerie DeVille, and DJ Awara. For ticket info, find us on Instagram at Drag Danger Zone PDX or Facebook at Drag Danger Zone. And get into the zone. The Drag Danger Zone, that is. It's a podcast with Coco and Donna Telepodcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast. With Coco and Donatella podcast. Well, Coco, I'm feeling like I caught a vibe. Um, and the reason why I say that is because that song is sung by Willow Smith. And the Smiths had a pretty big moment at the Oscars last night, didn't they? Oh, that's oh, that's that's where that's from. Willow yeah, yeah, Willow oh. Smith sings that song. Oh, I did not know that. That's why the cocktail is called the Willow. Yeah, but I didn't. Okay, so listen, <laughs> listen, Linda. Gosh, yeah. So, um, actually, this is funny. I don't know if you've been online today, Donna, to see like kind of some of the controversy behind. I've seen some memes. Yeah. So, um, we'll explain what happened, and then we're gonna have a little bit of a discussion about that specific piece because that's kind of a hot topic. Yeah. And yes, it's a week later when you're hearing this, but I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, a, week, a few days. A yeah, a little less than a week. Um, so uh, the factual things that happened are, you know, uh, Chris Rock made a G.I. Jane comment, obviously, at Jada Pinkett Smith's 
expense because she currently has alopecia and she is bald. Mm-hmm. Um, she came out about that recently. She did not take the joke well. It's obviously something she's sensitive about. Yeah, she's super sensitive, and her face was just riddled with whatever. Will Smith laughed at the joke originally, looked at his wife's face, then walked up on stage and um, open-palmed, smacked Chris Rock. and Chris Hard. Rock, hard. And then made a comment about... Uh, made a comment, Chris Rock made a comment about like, wow, I just got smacked on live television. Yeah. And then Will Smith got back in his chair and keep said, your wife's, keep my wife's, wife's name out of your, your mouth, out of your effing mouth. Yeah. And then when Chris Rock was like, what? He said it again, even louder, even louder seat. Yeah. Um, he didn't need a mic. Everyone could hear that. Everyone could hear that. And then it got really awkward. And then, um, that's kind of what happened. And, so um, one of the things that kind of came out on the internet, which is interesting, and I don't know if Donna has seen this part, is that a lot of black individuals have been coming out saying that the judgment, not the opinion, but the judgment of what happened doesn't rely with white people because the conversation was about black women's hair. Mm-hmm. And like, and and that was really interesting because a lot of people are like, I don't want to hear your opinion right now because everybody across the board violence is wrong and actually nobody's disputing that fact yeah but what a lot there was a lot of voices on the internet from a lot of different people even black people being like well you know violence is wrong so what will smith is, did is wrong and blah 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 blah. but the context behind that situation is a lot different yeah right there is past history from what i heard there's like past beef between chris rock and like the smith family mm. like just little like little jabs here and there that mm-hmm. were never fun and and so yeah like and people were like should he have done it? Absolutely not. Violence is wrong. However, however, um, defending your defending your wife about something they're sensitive about. Something they're sensitive about because also think about it in the sense of the national stage. Yeah. So a comment was made about a black woman's hair to millions of viewers um, watching the Oscars, and it was something she was sensitive about. So um, she was humiliated to mm-hmm. millions of people, and then Will Smith acted a fool in front of a million billions of people in the same capacity which he did win the oscar later that night for king richard yeah and um apologized to the academy did not apologize to chris rock and apologized to the other nominees but right yeah and and i for i i think i understand that this is his first oscar win it is i think um so damn what a crazy night for them yeah it certainly was start with that and then to win his first Oscar too. As of the time of us filming this, I haven't actually seen online if Chris Rock has apologized either. Yeah. Um, I all either. I do all I know is that Chris Rock did uh Chris Rock uh did not choose to press charges. Hmm. Um and the other thing too, this is so interesting too about the black dynamic as well. Like black folks also consistently have to like come off non-aggressive or whatever because of racism and not to be appeared to be violent or any of these things or whatever or appear to be ghetto or handle their business in a way that makes white people uncomfortable and our and our internal dialogues in our communities are a lot different than what they are to the outside world yeah so a lot of people were really surprised because they were like oh this like i don't think black folks were surprised by what will smith did as much as they were surprised that he did it in front of all these white folks mm-hmm. and then on the white folks end of the spectrum it was a lot like wow like this was really violent this was wrong that's not how you handle the business that's not how you defend your woman stuff like that it was it's it was really it's a really interesting conversation 
Yeah, it was it was one hell of a moment for sure. He uh, he did slap the shit out of him. <laughs> Every time Donna says that, I just to get tickled. Like I thought it was a bit when I first saw it. Yeah. And then I watched it back and I was like, oh no, there was contact. There was definitely contact with that hit. Um, yeah, I actually it's actually kind of hard for me to watch because um, so that I watched it like I've, I've seen it like a hundred times at mm-hmm. this point. Um, the first five times I watched it, I was like, dang, he was really pissed. The, my thing is, I think sitting behind him is Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. And was, yeah. her face is, like, kind of iconic. <laughs> She's just like, oh, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and she's just like, she knows the camera's on her. Mm-hmm. She looks perfect because she is perfect. And, like, yeah. she's just like, her eyes just, like, on Will Smith and then the Chris Rock, and she's, like, going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, almost like every black woman you've ever met who's like, ooh, girl, look at this tea <laughs> having in front of me. Oh, shoot. <laughs> her face was pretty iconic in that moment, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, and of course the internet has memed the hell out of this already. And we're only, it's Monday right now when we're (laughs) recording this, so it's only been a day, and there are memes all over. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it was a big, it was a a pretty iconic, wild moment, and I don't know, I don't don't really know how I feel about it, and I don't feel like I really do, should have an opinion about it. I, um, I think that his win is amazing and that's something that we need to celebrate and hopefully this yeah. doesn't completely overshadow that i think unfortunately it has yeah um, and that's disappointing that that's like married with that like this yeah. will always be what happened when he got this thing yeah and i can yeah i can agree with that too like that's really that sucks yeah right yeah um it's like getting a flat tire on the way to like you know the birth of your first child mm-hmm. or something like that or getting into car accident or something like that like it just it's married now with a negative event yeah um so some of the other notable things that kind of happened at the oscars um is that uh amy schumer wanda sykes and regina hall um all were announcing together uh-huh which, they were the hosts they were the hosts and um i think what was really fascinating is amy schumer did make that joke and actually how, how did she phrase it she said we have three women hosting the Oscars tonight, which is the equivalent of the host they normally have, one man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the sexism. The, the sexism was real. Um, and actually, I'm happy, so uh, we didn't rehearse this part, but so recently I just finished a series, uh, The Life of Beth, I think it's what it's called, hmm. or Beth and Life. Amy Schumer has a new Hulu series Oh. Out. Um, and it's about it's it's kind of comedic, kind of not. It actually has Michael Sarah in it is in it as well. Nice. And it's this just journey of this woman who's her mom dies pretty much the first episode, and she's kind of like struggling mm-hmm. with that and dealing with that. And there's comedic moments because obviously Amy Schumer is the executive producer on the show, but it's also been like a really interesting dynamic to see how Amy Schumer has grown because she's had a lot of controversy about her about stealing jokes and whatever. And yeah. She was also kind of known, obviously, for her roast back in the day, and mm-hmm. now she has a kid, and I believe she's married. Um, and also just, like, a lot of misogyny, yeah. honestly. A lot of sexism, a lot of misogyny. Like, there's so many, like, bros that could hate on Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. you know? And regardless of how you think or feel about her, she has... I mean, she's a female comic that has 
achieved a certain level of success and um i think that's something that should at least be celebrated in that space and i agree um, yeah i think they all three worked well together as hosts um yeah i i really love wanda sykes and regina hall you know i love me some brenda from scary movie so. <laughs> <laughs> i love brenda from scary movie and she's been in like she was um i think she was uh Actually, she's been in a lot of stuff. Like, she's been in a lot. Like, yeah, a lot yeah. Of stuff. But like, that's just also, the most iconic for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I just love the fact that she has this like ability to like really like switch it on. Um, mm -hmm. She can do comedy super well, the series really well, and obviously, Wanda Sykes is just iconic. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the three of them hosted it, and there were amazing moments. And like, what we're gonna talk about right now is that Beyonce. Oh my gosh, video. it was so oh, good. Wow. Yeah. So us talking about being a tennis ball and racket is because we were very inspired. <laughs> Uh, so what was the name of the song? Again? I think it's called Be Alive, I think is what it's called. Yes. Like, um, yeah, it's yes, called Be, Be Alive. Alive. Yes. Um, it's so good. It's from King Richard, the uh, movie that Will Smith won the Oscar for. Mm -hmm. And you need to watch this performance because it was everything. It's like literally as of us filming this, it's the number five on trending for music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a visual masterpiece, honestly, which, I mean, most of her stuff is like... Yeah, she's been releasing some really good stuff, but this is also one of those things, too, where, like, also, like, because Beyonce hasn't, like, really been singing a lot. Like, mm. she's kind of been, like, talking to rhythm Talk and sometimes and rap, rapping a little, like, a little yep. bit. So this is, like, kind of nice to have her, even though it's, like, not high register singing. Like, it was nice to have, like, this mid-tempo, like, mm -hmm. beautiful masterpiece. The lyrics were so good. Oh, they were good. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... The thing about black empowerment right now, especially after, and I do call it like after the BLM movement, especially for all the stuff that happened in Portland, it's just like there's this moment of where the work isn't done yet. And then like, it almost feels like we've even taken a step backwards. Mm -hmm. Like we need to have like protests and demonstrations all over again because like problematic behaviors are still happening. Mm -hmm. And like this video was like, like very iconic. Like I'm pretty sure every single person in the video is black mm -hmm. um, as Beyonce does. <laughs> and then also they had, um, Here's the thing, and I, I think this was an intentional choice, and me and Donna hadn't talked about this. So a lot of the black girls in the video have beads mm. on their hair, and um, Serena and yeah, yeah, yeah Venus and Serena, yeah. and beads are like a lot of sports mm -hmm. consider the beads to be um, like unfair in certain capacities, mm -hmm. or they shouldn't allowed to have them, and some have even called them weapons having beads on uh, on your hair, like. What? Yeah, um, like there has been so much controversy about having beads on black hair. Um, and the funny thing is, actually, as a kid, uh, my cousins and my mm -hmm. sister used to have beads in their braids. Yeah. Um, all, it's like it was a very common thing. Yeah. And I would, I would remember how we would just all be sitting there just like putting them on and whatever or just playing with them uh -huh. when they were just, I don't know, like it just, that was my childhood. Yeah. And so like even that was just visually. Yeah. It was really cool. You need to check it out. This performance took place on a, like, a completely separate set outside of the Academy Awards. Um, and, it, you know, there's, like, a tennis court, and they're all it's all monochromatic, and, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Um, and then we also had Meg Thee Stallion performed, actually, at the event, at the Oscars. Yeah, and I love, I, gosh, I love her. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that as problematic as this is about to sound, because we really should we really should stop talking about people's bodies. But what I appreciate about Megan the Stallion is that 
like her music embodies body positivity and loving yourself and your curves and your shape. Mm -hmm. And that's always just really beneficial to see somebody like that walking around through like, I like the video we saw was like her walking around all these tables and like, you know, with skinnier people or, you know, people of all different sizes. And like, she's just like owning the space and being beautiful and magnificent in it. Mm -hmm. And I just like, that's just really, that's just really helpful. Yeah. Like it just, it's just really helpful for the narrative as a whole. This is also, too, I think, a welcome change from the 2020 Oscars, where we had the Oscars So White trending happen, where there was so many people that were um, nominated that were white and male. And I think when it comes to the categories that aren't gender-specific, I think it's 80-something percent end up being white males Mm -hmm. that are, I think, 86 percent, and then... Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's sta- it's very well, a very high number. There, and there was a, a we I don't think we actually ended up bringing this up last week's episode we were going to, but like the new Disney Pixar movie turning red, like there actually was a comment that got made about it um, that a, a white critic, a white male critic, had said that they couldn't find the movie to be relatable, mm-hmm. so they didn't like it. Yeah, like because there isn't really a lot of white men in the movie, like at all, and so oh so sorry for you (laughs) because we're so oppressed and so underrepresented in media but that's really they're like wait they're like so you found it to not be relatable because most of the characters were either women or um poc women and like a couple of male characters here Mm -hmm. and there who were mostly poc for Mm -hmm. the most part and so like and they're like oh yeah this isn't relatable and i was like what the hell yeah, that representation, it, uh, it's its so stupid. And it, they're, they're the loudest voice because it's, you know, like white men are the, the biggest critics and have dominated, like, that industry. Why is it always, like, white male critics, you know? I to, know. Like, why just... do they have the, why is it their gaze that's important for everyone to hear? I know, like, being, because, like, when you think about what critics are, it's like, they're supposed to actually just have a good eye mm-hmm. for, like, art and movies and blah, 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 and TV and how it works. Uh, but we also, like, listen to them about the stuff that yeah. we should consume. it's like, okay, Brad, we've heard your perspective enough. Like, like, let's... We get it. You're an insult, and you don't care. Like or Roger. I... <laughs> Roger Ebert. I don't know. But it, here's the other thing, too. Like, I... It's... We, I think, as a people, are really just wanting colorful, interesting stories at this point. Yeah. Like, we want more diversity in our casting and the media that we consume. Because, to be honest, I think because... We all have TV in our hands now. Most of us watch TV through streaming services now. We have access to all of this content. And we're getting bored with stories that are not, like, we're just getting bored with just seeing, like, a regular straight couple falling in love in high school Mm -hmm. and then the trials and tribulations of their first fight and then the movie ends with some credits. Yeah. Like, we're we're just so sick and tired of it. Yeah. Like, how many many different ways can you spin that story? I think we've actually done it. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, even if you just throw a trans woman in there or throw, like, mixed race couples or queer people in any capacity, like, it immediately creates a more dynamic conversation 
as long as the stories are being told authentically to the experiences of those peoples in those backgrounds. Well, and it's also an accurate representation of the real world that we live in every damn day, too. Yeah, that's deep. Like, we don't live in a homo- homogenous world, especially if you live in the U.S. So, like, having those diverse stories told, it's it's representative of what we live in, and that's important, you know? Like... We need to stop fooling ourselves. And also, I, you know, the only reason why these white stories are uplifted is because of white supremacy. So, fuck that. Um, yeah, because it, it's erasing a narrative. It is. It's erasing a narrative and then writing one that's inaccurate that's to the inaccurate. people around us. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and yeah, so not to obviously harp on that too much, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was what the Oscars was last year. There was the Oscars So White was trending. I think the last two years. It was the last two years. It was 2020 and 2021. And I, I don't know if it got trending again this year because there was at least some decent representation this year, but um, I don't know. Well, and I haven't been to the movies um, in a long time. Um, and so what really sucks about all of this stuff is that I hadn't really seen any of these things. Like I, like mm-hmm. most of the things that were nominated because I just, because of COVID. And yeah. It was just difficult to go to the movies. I haven't seen most of them, but I will say Jessica Chastain won for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And listeners, you have to check out this movie. It was so good. They have drag queens actually do like promotion for it for the right. eyes of Tammy Faye, drag queens from uh, Drag Race. Cool. And um, go go watch it. It's so good. Um, it it shows Tammy Faye Baker, the evangel evangelical TV preacher preacher's wife, in mm-hmm. such a human light. And like she was always kind of seen as like a goofy, quirky character, but she was also just one of those people that back then she was really loving. Um, and a bit naive, um, but you could just see like her love and acceptance for the queer community and displayed so greatly in that movie. And uh, Jessica Chastain does an amazing job at portraying her. Like you, ca- like the makeup, everything. Just check it out. It was good. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. Absolutely. Uh, we also had only the third ever woman to win best director at these last oscars as well god that feels weird yeah isn't that fucking crazy that feels really weird that's awful yeah it is because um diversity more interesting stories and actually more impactful here's the thing like (laughs) this is problematic to say but it's still true sometimes uh a female director will be able to elicit the response from the female characters better because remember a director is like i need this from you Mm -hmm. like but sometimes i feel like male directors sometimes miss the mark when eliciting their emotions from the female actors who are like who are newer to the scene Mm -hmm. and like in whatever like seasoned actors obviously can present what they need like the the age-old story is like meryl streep decided on the voice of uh miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears Prada. Like, the role was written for a screamy blah, 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 but she made a decision the first day on set to make the person booming and powerful with a quiet voice versus mm-hmm. a loud one. Like, and that comes from a person who's obviously really experienced in the business, but, like, that's why I think that female directors, like, have just a different voice and a different vision and see more narratives to be able to incorporate into their stories. Yeah, yeah. I think we just need more of that, and honestly, like, we need more of these diverse stories told and we need to never have Oscars so white be a trending thing again because I I want to see more representation and just the academy to hold a lot of these really great works um, to the same standard that they hold a lot of these 
works that are either made by white men or mm -hmm. starring white men, you know? Yeah. So. And, and like, and here's the thing too, like, I actually want to take a point about the, the whole white male scenario. This mm -hmm. is white male scenario. So like back, you know, a few years ago, Love, Simon came out. And um, I think that that movie was a really interesting representation about a person who was incredibly supported, but still coming out of the closet. Like that kind of a story is realistic. And it was, yeah. it was absolutely okay that yeah. the person was white. However, I mean, it's totally seen the movie at this point, but like the person he ends up with dating is actually a black man. Keenan Lonsdale, he's so oh, hot. Oh, right. Oh my God, Good he's hot. Heaven. But he's like, so hot. but even at the end of the story, they made it an interracial gay love story. Mm -hmm. And that was, and even though it didn't seem like those two had chemistry throughout the whole film per se, yeah. like even in that last bit, giving us that mm -hmm. especially like it just giving us that was so important yeah it was so important yeah and like and it was just such a great decision to have been made yeah and yeah so i want to like i'm just like oh my god i love this story. yes it's so great <laughs> more queer stories more stories with poc more stories with women yeah all of it yeah and i and and then accurate storytelling yeah 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 to true life experiences um i think there was something else at the oscars i can't remember but um but i kind of think we were kind of trying to do a little bit of a quick episode for you all to kind of cover the bases of all of that stuff that we talked about and i know that me and donna get on our little activist high horse here and there but we it, do but i think it's important though these are conversations that need to happen and if the media that we're consuming um, isn't representative of you know the people that are watching the stories mm -hmm. then it's going to continue this furthering and perpetuating false stereotypes about groups of people who are trying so hard desperately to break out yeah exactly so thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you next week and we'll see you tonight yes bye, bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donna and Coco Gem Holiday. You can follow Donna at Donatella underscore my secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at Touche Likes Beef and Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more content, follow them online at www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com.